Welcome to the Psych Central Show, where each episode presents an in-depth look at issues from the field of psychology and mental health, with host Gabe Howard and co-host Vincent M. Wales. Welcome to this week's episode of the Psych Central Show podcast. My name is Gabe Howard, and my co-host, as always, is Vincent M. Wales. Vince, how's your week been? So far, so good. So far, so good. You know, I was going to text you and ask you how your week has been, but we have a guest on the show that said that I might want to just give you a call. Our guest today is Dr. Lori A. Russell Chapin, and believe it or not, she has researched how text messaging has affected our society. Lori, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. Okay, so uh, full disclosure, I I love texting. If I could change my voicemail right now, it would say, why are you calling me? Hang up and text. So I I am probably one of the people that you are about to warn us about. Well, that's okay. I have to admit, too, I'm kind of on the same boat, but I just really work hard to kind of have a balance in this, too. So we're just going to try to search for a balanced perspective today. Okay, so tell us a little bit about your research. Give us, give us a, the minute tour. I'm doing work in something called neurocounseling and neurofeedback. So what I'm finding is that texting is changing the function and structure of the brain. And that we are, you know, we are really social creatures and we're moving away from being social creatures. And what we found is that it's creating eye technology in general, but texting is creating even a different brain rhythm that we've never even seen in the past. And so our brains are changing. And so instead of having these lovely alpha waves, alpha waves really quickly are the the brain waves that are slow, about 8 to 12 hertz, and they help us transition from one brain state to another. We need them. And what we're finding is that all this high technology of texting is creating spikes in these alpha waves. And so it looks kind of like hyperactivity, more hyperactivity. It looks a little bit like seizures. So it's quite, I think it's scary. What specifically do you, yeah, it does. But what do you, what do you attribute those spikes to specifically? Well, you know what the researchers, for for example, from Mayo Clinic are finding is that they think that we're really concentrating so hard on this little tiny screen, either it's, either it's through email or it's through texting is that the brain is using all these high beta waves too. And it's just forcing a new brain wave to come about and a new brain rhythm because we're, we're working so hard to do things like texting, multitasking, uh, texting and driving, texting while having sex. I mean, really, it's horrible. We're using texting. It's replacing almost everything we do. Wow. Okay. So people are texting and having sex. I, I apologize, but I've, I've got yes, to jump on that one. No. There's, no, there's no intimacy. And so <laughs> we're losing all these social skills. And it's, it's really quite frightening. I mean, I know you both have experienced this where you've gone out to dinner and sitting next to you is a group of kids. Maybe I shouldn't even say kids, adults. I was out to dinner last night and there were adults doing it, but they're not talking to one another. They're at the table with each other. They're looking down and they're texting. Texting the or intimacy. on Facebook or whatever. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The I, intimacy and social I do, connection. I do really get gone. it, but, but I, I don't think I can fully blame our current technology on it because after all, before they, they, these things came around, I was visiting, you know, family dinners and stuff where everybody was watching the television. At least with television, wouldn't you occasionally turn to the person and say, wasn't that an incredible kick or wasn't that a, a silly commercial? No. And you might look at them occasionally <laughs> in the eye. Not well, that I, I ever experienced, no. We, we do need to be fair, though. Now, wait a minute. When you said that everybody was watching television, it, everybody was watching the same show. 
What difference yeah. does that make? Because they were participating in the same activity. So if the show is over, at the end of the show, would anybody say, love the show, didn't like the show, that was silly? There's no communication yeah. that happened? No, because they finish eating and leave. I, I oh, feel bad okay. for your family life, Vin. This was, uh, well, that wasn't my family. Uh, <laughs> my, uh, in, in my house, we, we fought over the television, but that, that's probably another show altogether. I'll, I'll be the first to admit, for as much as I love my, my smartphone, and, and I really, 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 really love my smartphone, it, it, does, it does bother me. My wife and I do yeah. have rules. You know, when we go out to Good. dinner, we put our phones away. Good. And when we invite people over to our house who bring their phones and just stay on them the whole time, we, yeah. we invite them over less. I think it's just really important that we understand. I'm not saying we should ever text because, you know, texting's not that, I mean, it's really only about 25 years old. So, I mean, I think that I'm not saying we should never do this, but typically what's happening, do you remember the olden days about this, they used to be called SMS, short yes. message servicing? So, you know, it was supposed to be only 160 characters, much like Twitter. And I think what happens now is people are no longer, they're shortening everything. They're shortening, we're changing our brain because we're shortening how we even communicate with other people. I think that's scary. Yeah, I, uh, I'm a big hater of texties. Um, <laughs> but I'll tell you what, I've, I'm seeing less and less and less of it as the years go on. The people that I'm texting with are, are using full, complete sentences, grammatically correct, really? at least to their experience. Well, that, but I don't know. You must be dealing with a really different crowd because that's not what I'm seeing at all. In fact, what I'm seeing is replacing these people. Not, a lot of young kids don't know how to even start a sentence with a capital a letter, you know, and they don't have to end it with a sentence, like a period. In fact, I, I, had, I teach graduate school at Bradley University, and I had someone do a LOL in one of my graduate level APA style papers. And they thought it was perfectly appropriate. I mean, I just, mm -hmm. I think that's so sad. And so I think we have to be really careful that we, I think we need to use texting for the purpose that it was originally made. And that was to do short messages. And I really do believe this. I, I love texting because it's helped us be a little more efficient. But, and so I think it'd, it'd be great if I could text you and just say, hey, I'm running a little late. I'll be there in five minutes. That was the purpose of texting. But now, and we have young adult children now, and now these kids are doing text after text after text, and they're talking about feelings. And, and I think what happens is people think we lose all our paralinguistics. So you don't know if someone's saying, I really care for you, and you use that tone of voice, or if you're saying, I don't care for you at all. But you can't pick those paralinguistic things up. You just can't pick them up. So again, I'm, a, I'm a, just a little bit, I don't know, I'm, I'm frightened a little bit because we're losing some of our capability to talk. I do understand what you mean there because uh, I, I'm going to pick on my 19-year-old my niece and, and she's the, the generation that, that is really, really into texting. And we got into a text argument uh, mm -hmm. a couple of weeks back and a, a, a real one over something that was bothering both of us. And I'm not saying it was my finest moment as, as the adult in the room. Uh, but we went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And, and I finally ended it. And I said, look, we're going to have to talk about this in person when you come yeah. home from college. And yeah. what I found happened is I was really upset at her because she was just so incredibly dismissive. And she was really upset at me because she said that I was yelling. And in actuality, she, she wasn't, that? yeah. And that's what I said. I said, I'm not yelling. I was, I was, I was frustrated. I was, I was sad. And mm -hmm. Uh, her point, and she's like, well, I wasn't being dismissive. I, I, 
I just, I have to type it with my thumbs while I'm in class. So I wasn't fully paying attention to the thing that you were upset about. So in that way, yeah, we just shouldn't fight over texting. And of course you can't pick up on, on facial cues. And I no, believe that's what facial cues, my speed of my intonation, you know, any, you can't pick up any of that paralinguistic. And I think any, but, but your niece was wonderful. She said, I, I really can't pay too much attention because I'm in class and I'm texting you. I mean, right. Just, and that's, I did not know she was in class. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I just think what it's doing is it should, I, I'm a big fan of texting, but I think it should be used for the manner in which it was created for short, really short, important, finite messages, not for telling people how I feel, breaking up with someone. See, I think what happens with texting is we have the ability to depersonalize over a text. It would be harder for you to tell me um, you're fired in person than on a text. Because I'm sitting right true. in front of you. I'm sitting right in front of you. You're seeing my whole face. You're seeing everything. I think another piece of this is so fascinating is that you know, we now know that we have this lovely vagus system. Um, it's the vagal nerve. And it is, it is, well, anyway, it's the longest cranial nerve we have in our body. And it starts at the base of the, the back of the neck, the medulla oblongata, and ends at the base of the stomach. We now know, and it has all these peripheral nerves that comes out of it. We now know that's really the, the base of intuition. But it tells us everything about the world. Everything. So I see all these kids I just saw today, all these kids skateboarding. And in one hand, they have a cell phone. And the other thing they have on their head are earphones. They have excluded all the world from themselves. I think that's so dangerous. And so we can't take in our vagus nerve. We can't take in all the sensations. And so once again, you're cutting up all, some of our sensory perceptions. And so I think it's much easier for me to tell you off just what your example was with your niece on a text than it is in person. Yeah, we and don't I, have to I, stick around for the reaction. Exactly. And, and it, because it's asynchronous, so to speak, you know, I can, the one thing I do like about texting, if you get really mad at me, I can take a deep breath. I can think about what I want to say. But on the other hand, I think it's still that depersonalization. I can just let you have it. Well, I want to talk more I, about this, but we're going to step away for a break. We're going to hear from our sponsor and we will be right back talking to Dr. Lori A. Russell Chapin. We'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp.com. Secure, convenient, and affordable online counseling. All counselors are licensed, accredited professionals. Anything you share is confidential. Schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist whenever you feel it's needed. A month of online therapy often costs less than a single traditional face-to-face -face session. Go to BetterHelp.com forward slash Psych Central and experience seven days of free therapy to see if online counseling is right for you. BetterHelp.com forward slash Psych Central. Hey, fans of the Psych Central Show podcast. We are currently surveying our listeners to learn more about you and to learn what we can do better. Please take a few minutes and visit our website at psychcentral.com slash show and click on listener survey link found on that page. Thank you. Welcome back, everyone. We're here with Dr. Lori Russell Chapin, and we are discussing texting and the damage it is inflicting on society. Lori, tell us tell us about your background a little bit. How did you how did you get involved in this exactly? Well, I have a PhD in counseling and and psychology, and I teach graduate school at a private university called Bradley University in Peoria, Illinois. And honestly, about uh, 2010, we started a very a, a really fun center called the Center for Collaborative Brain Research. That was sort of started my interest, but 
I became board certified in neurofeedback in 2010 as well. And what we're finding is with neurofeedback, which is a, a non-invasive way to attack mental health problems at the source of the problem, which is the brain. So you're putting electrodes on the head, and I can see all of your brain waves. I can see which brain waves are functioning and which brain waves aren't. And, um, and then through a computerized software program, we, through the principles of offering classical conditioning, we train the brain to be healthy. It is so fascinating. Really, it's the most fascinating thing in the world. So, of course, iTechnology is another unfortunate mechanism that dysregulates the brain. Does that make any sense? Well, when you say dysregulate, actually, it, 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 it doesn't. I, I'm, I'll, I'll take okay. the hint. Right. I don't understand. Uh, so okay. explain it like... Well, ex explain it to Gabe, um, because, you know, I don't have a PhD. I'm just a lay okay, person. Sure. I'm just a guy that likes my phone. So ex explain right. what you just so said. The dysregulation in the brain comes from, or in the body, comes from honestly living life. Um, and we, there's all these wonderful inventories that you could take, but your brain could get dysregulated because too much eye technology. Uh, you've, had, you've had a brain concussion. You have a genetic predisposition. You don't eat well. You don't exercise well. You know, you take too many, you do too much alcohol to make drugs. So, so many things dysregulate the brain. And so we have a technology that's not old, but a technology that honestly helps the brain regulate itself through teaching it to go to the right brain wave. And of course, then I'm, I'm a big proponent of sleeping well. That's another dysregulator. We don't sleep well. Oh my gosh, it just messes up so much of our system. But sleeping, exercise is huge eating well, all those things regulate the brain. And if you don't do enough of that, though, there have to be other things that are very, um, so you have to be capable enough to do something like neurofeedback. And I, I really do like it. I think it's wonderful. It does Did sound interesting. Yes. Yeah, it does. Thank you. Uh, one of the things that, that pops into my head, though, whenever I read or hear about things like this, mm -hmm. is how do we really know what the proper baseline is? I mean, one of the things that you've been discussing is how our attention to our little pocket computers are, are detracting from all of these things. But mm -hmm. the technology for what you do isn't terribly old. So we've already been through a period mm -hmm. where we've gotten used to watching TV all sure. the time and stuff like that. So what do we know what, what it really yeah. should look like? No, I think it's a great, I think that's a great, um, a great question. And so... I use something called a 19-channel EEG. You've seen them. I know you've seen them. They're, they're, they're hats, and they're, they have electrodes inside of them. There are 19 electrodes that are attached all over your head. You can use a cap, or you could do the electrodes singularly. But, um, and so we know what a, what a normal, healthy brainwave looks like. So we are collecting data, and if this is just too much, asking people self-reports. So I'm getting qualitative data from you saying, I'm not sleeping well. I've got migraines. I have headaches. I'm depressed. But then I can match that up with a quantitative. I can do an EEG on you, and I can compare your brain to other people's brainwaves in a database. So we know what a healthy brain looks like. And I don't have one. <laughs> so the, the person that's speaking, you know, I've had 19 channels done several times, and the person stopped what they were doing when they were analyzing mine and said, have you ever had a brain concussion? And I said, no. And he said, yes, you have. Yes, you have. And I didn't even know it. I mean, this statistic is amazing. One out of three of us has a brain concussion, and we don't even know it. 
So, you know, we can compare our brains to other people's. There's normative databases and then there are cl clinical databases. And so we, we know what a healthy brain looks like, which is really remarkable. It is remarkable. Now, one of the things that, that you know, I'm, I'm kind of a little bit of a, of a devil's advocate person here. So Good. I, I, I love I, that. You yes, take a great yeah. graduate student. <laughs> but, you know, one of the things that you said is that, that our brain waves are changing. Our brain waves are changing. But yeah. you know, we're taller than we used to be. Sure. Uh, we talk about like Abraham Lincoln and they talked about how tall Abraham Lincoln was. And then I stood next to a life-size cutout of him and I was an inch taller. Nobody thinks yeah. that I'm the tallest man to, to live, but mm -hmm. apparently when Abraham Lincoln was around, 6'2 was big and I'm 6'3. So we've right. gotten taller. Uh, and well, I think we are a constant species that evolves. And I, I think we're going to evolve. And I do believe that. I think texting's funny. I, I've said this to my graduate students a lot. I think we're going to evolve, probably not in my lifetime, but into creatures that have very long necks, because what do you see everybody doing? They're <laughs> looking down, right? Cell phone, yeah. And we're going to, our phones are going to, I think our hands are going to be different because we hold them in our phone. So I think we're going to have longer thumbs and less fingers, I think, because we won't need them as much. I mean, I just think we are going to evolve and I, I think we're supposed to evolve. But right now we are in a place where we are truly changing the function and the structure of the brain. Because right now, if you think about it, I find this interesting. And this probably is a little bit, um, Probably not quite accurate, but the average adolescent is texting more than 100 times a day. The average adult's only doing it about 65 times a day. But that seems alarming. It has a lot of time that we're spending on our phones texting. So, I mean, we are, we are truly changing how we communicate in the world. And we do know that multitasking is not a good thing to do. And, and all of us are becoming more multitaskers because the Internet texting is, is making me more efficient, right? Well, sure. And also, when I think of multitasking, I kind of think of the phrase, uh, a jack of all trades, a master of none. Yeah, really. You're not giving any task your full attention. So you're really not doing any of the tasks perfectly. And Gabe, the reason behind that is so fascinating to me because when we multitask, we don't ever let those neuronal pathways fire accurately and create that really necessary neuronal pathway to keep a habit going. So nothing's really happening. Our brain wants to be challenged and it wants to grow and it wants to get healthy. But we, sometimes we continue to do things to make it what, what we call negative plasticity rather than positive plasticity. And so, again, I, I started out, you know, talking to you guys about the importance of balance. I mean, wouldn't it be better if we would not do 400 texts a day? Get up and walk to your neighbor and say, hey, I have a report for you. Besides that, you get to exercise a little bit more. Sure. I mean, yeah. I just think there's a need for moderation. There sure. is, but are we going to see it? How do how do we get the masses of people who are so used to doing all this to to slow it down a bit to to make these big well, changes? I think the first thing we have to do is educate. I mean, I think that's what you all are doing on your show is trying to educate people, and that's what I'm trying to do in my work and and my in my clinic and in my graduate studies, trying to get people to understand we still have free will. I like the idea that I still have free will. And if I want to do something different, I have the capacity to do so. That is so an I think point. that's how we do it. So in 30 seconds or less, what would you like to see happen? Like, what's the goal? If you were in charge, what would you, what would you make everybody do? Or what would you oh, like to Dave, see? I wish you could have asked that question <laughs> earlier. Um, I would just ask people to be more accountable for their own behaviors. We have control. And, but the more we give it away to technology, to everything, medication we don't have that internal locus of control i want to be 
have that accountability for myself. And I have the ability to do that with how I choose to live my life. That's very true. Well, I'll be the first to say that the first time I heard that somebody broke up with somebody over text messaging, I I was appalled. I I thought that that was wrong. You know, I I was raised, uh, you don't break up with somebody over the telephone. So over, over text messaging just seemed even worse. So I do agree with you there that there is an appropriate use of technology and there's an inappropriate use of technology. And as my dad would say, an appropriate use is to play games and have fun and inappropriate use is to throw it at somebody. So. Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, and I, like I'm saying, just I, I really think to go back to the reason that we had texting in the beginning was to make us more efficient and use finite information, the meetings at 10. That's true. Not, and if people I'm going to break up with you. Right. And if people are misunderstanding, it's not more efficient because now you have the no. inefficiency of correcting the misunderstanding. Right. And so that I know we got to go, but that's why I think, and I know my kids, I drive my kids crazy. I'm a big fan of emoticons because at least if you can see that I gave you a happy face, you know that I'm not mad at you if you interpreted it differently. Well, she gave me a face, a happy face. So, I mean, I, I think it adds at least one tiny bit of clarity to our texting. You are correct. I, I love smiley faces. I use emoticons so much, it makes Vin mad. <laughs> <laughs> All well, right. there we go. Moderation again. <laughs> Moderation is key. Thank you so much, Lori, for being on the show. Uh, My it, pleasure. Goes, it goes so quick and we learned a lot. So we really appreciate your time. Thanks everyone for tuning in. And remember, you can get one week of convenient, affordable, private online counseling absolutely free anytime, anywhere by visiting betterhelp.com slash And with that, we're going to see you next week. Thanks everyone. Thank you for listening to the Psych Central Show. Please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you found this podcast. We encourage you to share our show on social media and with friends and family. Previous episodes can be found at psychcentral.com slash show. Psychcentral.com is the Internet's oldest and largest independent mental health website. Psych Central is overseen by Dr. John Grohall, a mental health expert and one of the pioneering leaders in online mental health. Our host, Gabe Howard, is an award-winning writer and speaker who travels nationally. You can find more information on Gabe at GabeHoward.com. Our co-host, Vincent M. Wales, is a trained suicide prevention crisis counselor and author of several award-winning speculative fiction novels. You can learn more about Vincent at VincentMWales.com. If you have feedback about the show, please email TalkBack at PsychCentral.com. There are few words more misunderstood and misused than OCD. Imagine having unwanted thoughts stuck in your head all day, no matter how hard you try to make them go away, and then having to pretend that everything is okay despite having to feel crippled inside. That's OCD. One in 40 people suffer from it globally, but there's hope. If you have OCD and need help, you can get better with specialized treatment. NoCD offers effective, affordable, and convenient treatment for OCD and is covered by many major insurance plans. Go to NoCD.com to learn more. That's NoCD.com.